Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the directors for God's Creatures, Salia Davis and Anna Rose Holmer. The wind the past few weeks, keeping me awake every night. The thunder of past getting in. I suppose every house around here has the same ghosts. You wonder how they'd tell them all apart if they came back. Mom? <laughs> it's different, isn't he? Horn entrances. Do you reckon? Mother knows. It's exactly like it was back in the day. It's so long ago. I wouldn't get hung up on it if I were you. Try to leave a place. I might have found a following you. Is Brian in? There's been a claim made by a young woman. Brian says he was at home with you that night. Is that right? He was, yeah. We both know that's a lie, though. This is a serious accusation. You don't want to hear her side? You laughed it all up about how long? Usual family fates. Boys being boys. Was there anyone else out? Do you remember? Couldn't tell you. Everyone's got their eyes closed. Who do you think I am at all, Mom? Do you not feel anything about what's happened to Is there no feeling in you? You have this impossible image of me. Seems like the whole world has turned upside down. There's a couple specifics I want to go into because I found this movie just honestly transfixing. But before we get into those, uh, I was curious a little bit about the process of going from one of you directing the fits and the other editing to both directing this together. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is Anna speaking, um, if that is helpful. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, the fits was not the beginning of our collaboration. We we had been collaborating for many years in different forms. Um, and, you know, we wrote the fits together along with our producer of that film, Lisa Kiroff. And so it felt like our film and we, we had delineated these, these specific roles, but we were really 
um, creating as a filmmaking team together. Um, and the decision to direct as a team felt very natural. Was it, was it something that we had decided uh, before this project and we were writing together felt like a natural progression for us as collaborators. Um, there's so much like trust and friendship and mutual awe for each other <laughs> that um, I think we've built. And, you know, stepping on, on set as a directing team, um, it, it felt very, very natural, but it, it also is, you know, a, a signal to the rest of your crew that this process might look different and feel different than it has before. And, and we wholeheartedly believe that cinema is a very collaborative art form um, and try to invite others into our space to, to, to create together as a, as, a, as a filmmaking team and lead with that intention. So directing uh, as a team is, felt very much uh, in tune with that philosophy. Sila, do you have anything to add to that? Hey, it's Celia. Celia, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. No, I think um, she summed it up perfectly, and that's why we're a great team. Because I, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we, uh, yeah, we have this long history together and working in in various capacities. And I think uh, what's like grown from that is that we just trust each other's instincts, you know, and and that kind of uh, our philosophy, like it's our philosophy when we're writing together, like we're both kind of like bringing ideas forward and um the the best idea kind of like only strengthens the project and so that's like our uh strategy on set you know if you have an instinct step forward and trust it, it's just all built around trust and yeah yeah and to clarify from you know we're directing as a team from here on out so it feels it feels like we're building building this muscle building this body of work together well i can't wait to see what the next project will be um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the film itself makes a big issue of the fact that the weather is horrible and it's very dangerous out on the water. And uh, you guys were filming out on said water. So uh, tell me a little bit about this production, because also it was during one of the, the lockdown periods, wasn't it? History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yes. Um, yes. We were shooting in March, spring, spring of 2021. Yeah. So we actually went out there 
well in advance of shoot. So we kind of spent six months, I think, in its entirety uh, before production began. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's funny because I'd say the weather more often than not was really nice. But for mm. some reason, on the days that we were shooting on the water, we needed were, when we needed it to be the it, cloudy. It yeah, worked. It, it worked just, in our advantage. There so, was just yeah. some magical powers of, uh, that led to the perfect um, conditions for that scene. Um, you know, we were shooting in a in a tidal bay, and it's very unpredictable. We, even though our assistant director went to that that bay to track the tides like when when high tide and low tide was every single day i think for like 30 days straight like on day up you just it just looks different and so we had you know a stunt crew water safety crew um a bunch of our crew was on different boats we had a camera boat and yeah it was cold and windy and you're in a complete dry suit and for us to direct you know we're getting in and out of the water moving yeah. through um and so it's quite a feat. It was like, you know, yeah. something that it just, but it, you know, in a way after we had accomplished those two days, which were some of the most challenging days, it just, it felt like the entire crew, this, this sense of like pride and accomplishment and yeah, really let, like it could not have been achieved without every single one of our yeah. crew members. Like it was, it was necessary uh, to move and work as a team. And it was very satisfying to, uh, to pull it off in a way. Um, yeah. It really feel, brought us together as a family, creative yeah. family. I think like, yeah, nothing went, went wrong. No one was hurt. And we were so grateful. Like at the end of that, those, those days that, you know, like of all the things that could have gone wrong, none did. And we got, we got everything we wanted. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it looked very dangerous and very cold. So <laughs> I think, as as you said, uh, you got what you wanted. So one of the things that stood out is uh, the sound and the way this film is edited are just mesmerizing. And there's um, there's a couple sequences where you have basically the sound of like the oysters being shucked, and then there's also the sounds of the water overlapping. And you have this really interesting score at times that sounds almost like someone's panting. So tell me a little bit about crafting the editing and the sound for this film to make it so just trance-like and to make you just a little bit more and more uneasy in every scene. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, you know, sound and music. I would say, and the, and the post process is like so joyful for us because um, it's like this space that you kind of get to like experiment and play in. And um, I guess I would start off by saying, you know, we've worked again with our sound designer, Chris Foster um, and Danny Benzi and Sandra Durians, our composers uh, who we work with on the fits. And uh, they are just as collaborators are so kind of like open to kind of trying anything, trying new things. Um, and so with sound design, you know, we really talked about with Chris about kind of like how to build uh, this like natural soundscape um, that's, you know, truly reflective of, of Ireland with like the wind and the water right next to all the houses. And then how do you kind of like break that down over time to kind of parallel or like mirror Aileen's journey, right? Because she's kind of like beginning to 
go through this like psychological <laughs> descent. And so like we wanted the sound design to kind of reflect this interior space. Um, and so, yeah, I think one of the main aspects was we talked about like using those kind of like organic natural textures of the uh, environment to really like build in, yeah, build the, build the sound design and yeah, just kind of like amplify these like these intense emotions that Aileen is feeling. And a lot of times we're we're talking like what we're talking about like in the day to day work is is tension. How do you hold tension? When do you break it? When do you offer release uh, for your audience? Um, and so sometimes it's also about communicating a vision that you know with sound design. You know you maybe haven't built it yet, but working with your editor to to illuminate. You know, for us, oftentimes it was we need to hold this shot for 30 more seconds because we are going to continue to build. And the way we're going to build is we actually haven't, you know, we haven't built the queue yet, but knowing that this moment is the rising uh, peak, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. coming from a, a, a collaborative element that is not yet designed is something that for us as directors, we have to hold that very, we have to hold steady to this vision that we're building and saying, you know, the release isn't coming yet. Let's keep the tension going because we have these tools that we're starting to play with. And, you know, it's a gift for us to collaborate with Chris um, and Danny and Saunders because they're so generous and often want to play with us. So we're getting sounds and samples and sketches of ideas so that as we're working with our editors, uh, Julia and Jeannie, that we're actually getting these little sketches so we can start to to build and then send a sequence back. And it's, it's a very much an exchange of ideas and intentions. Um, but for us, that's, that was the, that's the vision from the get go. Um, it's about building this soundscape that reflects the interior. And sometimes that is just as much about like holding silence, right. Um, stripping away uh, so that you have this dynamic expression that those those moments those booms like they they have their special place but the, but the silences also do as well well there's one scene in particular i think that felt very important which is where they're at mass on the water she's singing the song here i am lord and everything drops up at her voice and you kind of get so it's just as close up and then uh you hear what you think is rain and it's actually the sound of I think the oysters coming down as a transition to the factory. I thought that was a really interesting scene. Could you tell me a little bit about that moment? Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Yeah. So, you know, Sarah, Sarah's role in this community, um, you know, she, she performs at all, kind of all of these traditional events she sings. And then obviously her relationship 
changes uh, with the community after she um, reports kind of the crime. And so, yeah, we just kind of talked about like the evolution of, of, of her character and what happens in that moment, um, you know, is like Aileen is, is finally hearing Sarah because um, that's kind of the thing that she's not doing. She's not going to talk to her. She's not going to listen. Um, and so we really wanted uh, this kind of like haunting quality to Sarah's voice, right? It's like, again, like a reflection of what Aileen is feeling inside. Um, and so I don't, I, I feel like we, we did a lot of like manipulation to her voice. But in then, a way that we hadn't been doing previous. Yeah, in a very, um, yeah, new way. And I think- We were and using I, reverb really- like almost creating even though she's outside we're, we're creating this kind of like the feeling of the factory and the way that sound mm -hmm. moves around the factory is actually starting earlier yeah um but really that moment like from an editing perspective it's like aileen is carrying the emotion of sarah into her day-to-day -day. so it's like there is a con emotional continuity um and so it's like how do you bring the emotional truth of one scene into the next. Um, we have, you know, a slightly matched frame, and but but for us, it was about yes, bringing that the audio transition, and so that there's almost like yeah. a baton handing from one emotion to the next. But I think it's actually one of the few places too that it's like begins with like mostly sound design, and then the the this we we did manipulate. I think the the cue there. Um, there's like several layers of of the of stems of music stems and so it's like uh integration of like sound design and music and how like we were kind of stripping away some of the music to make sound design more present and and really thinking about yeah how can we kind of blend that that reality with kind of the interiority well it worked i've been thinking about that scene for days now <laughs> it's very haunting uh the last question is how did you choose to end the film on uh, this long take of uh, Aileen driving away. Uh, I, I was a little surprised we didn't come back to Emily Watson's character, but I mean, obviously it's a very moving scene with the song coming into play. So were, were there alternate endings you considered or tell me a little bit about choosing this particular shot to end on? Well, we talked a lot, you know, we kind of throughout this film, we were kind of challenging traditional storytelling. So um, I think like our, what you would call the inciting incident maybe doesn't land at the, the normal marker. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the end, you know, we really wanted to switch cinema, cinematic perspective and pass the film to the person who deserves it, which is Sarah. And so we talked about like what happens in Sarah's film. So the Latin, you know, even though it might be frustrating that you're not following a lean through to the very end, like we Kind of we're excited about this idea um and so that last kind of the moment when it, sarah answers the door until kind of that final frame of the film is it was very considered to um and how we kind of like shot it how it would be lit um this the colors in that space uh and so yeah and then also that kind of final shot we we wanted to kind of make it feel very different from the rest of the film yeah and so we um like so i said we're using a lot of tools that we haven't used previous uh in the film one of them is monologue uh in, in in a dramatic sense and then this this driving this uninterrupted driving shot yeah that was 
that was always our intention uh, to be to be the final shot. And it was about, yeah, kind of giving Sarah space, giving her space on screen, uh, just to be. And um, yeah, so we, we were always moving towards that destination. Well, I think we're out of time, but this is a really just mesmerizing, haunting movie. And I'm glad to hear that you'll both be co-directing again. And I can't wait to see what your next project is. We're so grateful for this conversation. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the directors for God's Creatures, Salia Davis and Anna Rose Homer here on the Next Best Picture podcast. God's Creatures is now currently playing in theaters and is available on VOD. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. But you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.